Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we work with companies, especially manufacturers, that want to grow their business, but they're struggling with people, process, or planning problems. Joining me today from the UK is AJ Saunders. AJ is a digital marketing consultant and SEO coach. AJ has been an SEO geek since 2014, and he's built hundreds of websites for clients in a wide range of industries. In the last decade, AJ has launched an ebook publishing company, a global e commerce shop, and he has started a number of companies. Welcome, AJ. Hey, thanks for having me, Mike. It's great to be here. AJ, I think you and I first crossed paths through the uh, Gurus Gather Live event. Is that right? Right. right. Yeah. Indeed. And, and in that conversation, what I just kind of learned is that there is some universality, if that's the right way of saying this, right. with this topic. Um, but SEO, that is the area that I would like us to kind of start our conversation. Perfect. As you know, our listeners are business leaders. Many of them are business owners. And they probably know what SEO stands for. But I want to spend our first part of this podcast. Tell me, SEO, it stands for? So it stands for search optimization. Search engine optimization. And that's a real fancy word. What's it mean? So how, how I see SEO is I see we're trying to encourage Google to favor our website over other websites because the content that we can provide and the answers we can help the the end user with is better than everything else out there. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine you're selling, say, you know, um, tractors, right? And I, I deal with a lot of manufacturers, so they probably are buying, you know, tractors or forklifts, right? Yes. For, for, for me as a, as a consultant, I want to help that that business sell more tractors or more forklifts by making them really attractive to Google. And the way we do that is by having pages and posts that are built out and really discuss the topic in depth so they, they get seen as the expert within their industry. But also they're doing it in a unique, incredible way. So they're not republishing the same old material. They're not talking about things in the same way. They're thinking about different different ways of saying a topic. And that's how I see SEO. So I don't see it as this dark art. I don't see it as something that's very mystical or very kind of very highfalutin. I just see it as another way to market your business that is a very succinct marketing channel that just requires a lot of time, effort, and and patience. You know, you started by talking about you're trying to drive traffic to your website. Correct. In your opinion, in today's climate, how essential is a website? So for me, websites are critically important, but you're much better to have a single page website that's up to date than to have a website that's 3000 pages and completely chaotic and completely out of date. Mm-hmm. And so I encourage people to, to, you know, I encourage my clients to really think about how they can use their verticals of their website to to educate to engage and to to romance their prospective clients you know you you made educate 
as the first thing. You Correct. want to educate the, yeah. the visitor. Um, yeah. You all used three terms. Educate Correct. was the first one. What were the other two? The other two were engage. Yes. And then romance. Ah. So tell me a little bit more. When you, when, when <laughs> educate, I think I get that. Right. Engage. What does engagement mean? So for, for me, you know, if, if, if we sit here and talk about processes and we talk about people and we talk about people strategy, because I know that's, that's kind of what you spent your 20 year, 30 year career on. Right. Yes. You probably have some really engaging thoughts that you could, you could say in, you know, in a very well educational thoughts, you can say in a very engaging way. Mm-hmm. And it's just about saying, how can I talk to, you know, my target person like I was, you know, saying at a conference or over over a coffee or over a beer in, in my case in the uk right and so how can we say something in a really really dynamic personal way like we were having a conversation with that that person but do it in say either video format like we're doing here with this podcast or do it you know in audio or do it in kind of written kind of a blog post or a page on, on your website and so there are lots of i, I, I imagine you find this all the time with manufacturers they have manufacturers generally have good websites that are very, very poorly written hmm. because they're written by people who are technical and they aren't written to be, to be engaging. And so they're, they're educational, don't get me wrong, but they're not engaging. And so, yes, yeah, so I, I, I think, you know, I always call it, you know, the, the coffee or the beer test, you know, would you speak in that way if you were meeting your friend for, for coffee or for, for, for a beer or for a meal? And how would that, you know, if you were sat there reading it as the, you know, opposing person, as the person at the end, how would that actually look to you? And so that to me is the education and the engaging part. Yes. The romance part is I want people to spend as long as, they, as, as possible on my website because I know from a conversion point of view, if somebody comes and reads one article, agrees with half of it and goes back to Google, they're never going to come back. Whereas if somebody's got their third or fourth article, they're more likely to take that, they're more likely to click on that CCA, the call to action that I've laid out for them. So whether it be book a call, take a quiz, you know, um, download a PDF, you know, whatever. And so for me, one of the key metrics that I talk about with every client that I have is how can we increase time on the site, time on the website? Because I know that it wants people to hit kind of the three, four, five minute mark. They're really engaging with what you've written and they're really engaging with you as a brand. And then it becomes easy for you to either catch their email address to then re- retarget them you know, in terms of the email sequence. You, um, you, you then might be able to do something like remarketing, which is where you show an ad from your website on different websites they go to. So, you know, news websites, Facebook, etc. But you have to have that initial engagement. And you have to do something that encourages them to 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 keep the interest up and i call it romancing because i don't want somebody to well i know somebody isn't going to come to a website and read one post and think i'm sold it just doesn't work like that you know and i i I was recently in romania and and one of my contacts she was saying to me you know it usually takes me two or three conversations for me to make the sale i was like great you got some data obviously being a bit of a data nerd um you know but it's that kind of thing. If, if, if you realize it's going to take a couple of touch points, you know, and, and it, it, in marketing kind of parlance, we talk about kind of seven or eight touch points. 
Um, I wouldn't. I, I don't. I'm, I'm agnostic to that number. I just think the more touch points we can have, the more likely they are to be romanced and to believe that you are the solution, not a solution, to your problem. The more likely they are to take to, to take the action that you you've specified to move them towards that next step. So AJ, you kind of explain in a way that I think I understood. Right. And that is that the role of a website um, is at least threefold. Right. One is to educate the visitor. Correct. Two, to engage the visitor. And that is that when they come to your website, that they find that the content compelling. Yeah. That they are um, wanting more. Yeah. And then the third you called kind of romancing. Yeah. Um, right. And you said something a moment ago that kind of caught my attention. And that okay. is in practical terms. When someone goes to a website, we know that they have tracking capability. Correct. But the person who owns that website, they may not know who is actually visiting that website. And you made a comment about that if you have something that is downloadable hmm. and they provide a email address to, yeah. in fact, download, then you're in a position to know who visited and that could give you an opportunity to do follow-up with that website visitor absolutely yeah so the examples that that come immediately to mind you mentioned a couple of those things but it sounds as if if they come to the website they find it educational they've begun to engage the longer on the website in your opinion the better but what is it about given an email address um, that people are sometimes hesitant to do Right. So when we think of digital marketing strategy, we think of three different types of media. So we think of owned, paid, and then, you know, user, right? Mm -hmm. So owner things, things like our websites, you know, our content, our contact book, you know, our email address list. And those are things that we can have a direct impact on without, you know, there's sweat equity involved, right? So we have to have to do the work, but there's no, essentially there's no money involved there is obviously because everything has a cost um so that's owned right paid channels are things like running adverts so whether that's running adverts on facebook you know linkedin you know google whatever right tiktok and then you have the 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 user content which is things like when somebody gives you an award or somebody writes a nice testimonial for you on say you know um linkedin or, or on a third party site and so you can't really control the user stuff you know of, of course you kind of can because you can do things like you know, have a testimonial strategy where you offer a testimonial after you've delivered good work and the, you know, the client's happy but a lot of the, the the kind of the user kind of media you can't do anything with so i tend to focus on how can we get the other two channels working and working well and so f- for me the reason that I love email so much is emails, people generally stick to emails like they stick to their bank, right? They don't change, number one. Number two, emails are, um, there's, even though there's changing privacy and we're having more and more debates about privacy in general, and I think that that is a good thing, and I think we should be doing more on privacy. Once you have someone's email address, unless they tell you to, to, to leave them alone, you have that direct channel of communication with them, 
you know, it can't be affected by some algorithm updates. You know, one of the things that I constantly talk to people about is, has Facebook changed their algorithm this week? Has Google changed their algorithm? Um, and actually I wrote something on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago where I put, you know, if you're, if, 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 if you're getting knocked by every Google update, your strategy is wrong and you're implementing tactics, you're not implementing a strategy that is long-term. And we can get into that and that's a whole other thing. But yes, yeah, so I feel that email is still a really, really vital marketing channel because you have that direct communication with somebody until they either die or they say no, you know, no more. And so for me, you're, you're, you're immune from, from a lot of the ills that we suffer as marketers with that allows you to connect directly with the customer. I got you. So having an email address is very, very important because Absolutely. the reasons you've kind of just mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, we started this conversation around the topic of search engine optimization. Correct. And you use another term, um, organic search. Right. And that is, we all know that we can pay to have yes. our website come up when someone goes in and types in certain words. Right. I believe what we're talking about now is something different than that right now, and that is you want people to find your website, mm. but you want to do it in a way that I use the term organic. I don't know if that's the proper yeah. term. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's the, yeah. But search engine optimization, if you're trying to run your business, trying to keep up with all this, this can be a little bit overwhelming. When you put it in language for a business owner to really understand, yeah. what is SEO? So for me, you know, for me, SEO is just trying to get organic businesses from Google or Bing that help them answer a question, right? And so the fundamental strategy has not changed since Google existed in 1999, right? Because mm -hmm. all you're trying to do is you're trying to match what the user's problem is with a solution that you can provide for them. Mm -hmm. Whether that's selling them a tractor, whether that's helping them dog train, whether that's you know buying wine or whatever. And so SEO is just the practice of making your website as attractive as possible to Google so that you get as high onto that first page as as high up on that first page as possible so that you can connect and you can help people in that way. And yeah, you're, you're right. You can, you can skip, skip the queue and get to the top by paying, but for, in some verticals, that's incredibly expensive to do. And, and so, yeah, so the, then the strategy becomes how can we build up pages and posts that make sense for what the client avatar that we're, we're trying to target actually makes sense. And again, I know you're, you're a big strategy guy, and I know you know this will make a lot of sense to you. But that, to me, is what I practice every day. You know, both in terms of digital marketing, in terms of organic search, SEO, is literally just how can I serve my avatar the best, better than my competition, and do it in a way that educates, engages, and romances them. Yes. Yeah. You are right. Um, strategy is some an area that that we help businesses with not yeah. only developing the strategy, but perhaps more emphasis is on execution of that strategy. Right. right. Now we're talking about a marketing strategy. Yeah. And did I hear you correctly? Was Google founded in 1999? I believe so. I think it was 98, 99. Yeah. My goodness. So let's talk about 
marketing strategy and sure. differentiating a digital marketing strategy from, say, marketing tactics or campaign. Help, right. uh, help us understand the difference. Sure. So how I think of it is I think a strategy is the overarching plan. Mm -hmm. So it's who you can help, what game you're playing, and how can you win at that game. So it's no different from general business strategy, right? So you, for me, I set the strategy for, say, a year, two, three, maybe even five years, right? And the strategy doesn't change because the market doesn't shift that that frequently, you know, for argument's sake, right? The tactics, you know, are the things we are the action steps we're going to take to reach that customer. And so that it's not a strategic element of our strategy, right? It's a tactical element of our strategy. And so it's the next step down. It's the, you know, it's the how, it's not the why. And then I then think, so that's that's tactics. I then think of marketing campaigns as a defined event. So you might decide that you're gonna run a tactic for say six months. And after those six months, you're gonna then gonna analyze what's happened and how it fits back in with your overarching strategy. And so that becomes a defined event where you know you're committed to doing an activity for a set period um, and you're going to set KPIs, you're going to set a design outcome, or you're going to set a, a hypothesis for that campaign. And so then that ties together the strategy and the tactics in a, in a very neat little bundle because you know you're just doing it for a set period and you have an idea and well, you have a hypothesis of what the outcome could be. And so that's how I think of strategy, tactics, and campaigns. And so, and I, I, I guess this is a frustration you do all the time. Lots of people talk about strategy when they're talking about tactics. Mm -hmm. They're talking about the action steps. And so there's lots of people that will talk about digital marketing strategies when it's not they're talking about digital marketing tactics. And for me, the, the, again, the strategy doesn't change. The tactics do. The tactics will evolve depending on how best you feel that you're able to reach your your target avatar or your target customer based on the data and the information and the feedback that you get at each point and so that's constantly evolving right that it is and you use this term twice but i want to make sure that sure. our listeners know avatar avatar what is an avatar sure so it's much easier if, you, if you're trying to do marketing or you're trying to to to, to do branding if you're talking to a type of person so if i were to use you as an example for a second you don't mind if that's okay <laughs> you're not gonna give me your choice are you <laughs> i'm not sorry <laughs> I, I would apologize but i won't um, please feel free to <laughs> okay so you know if, if if i was trying to reach you know um um southern gentlemen in their mid 50s you know who who run consultancy businesses I would want to spend, you know, probably a couple of hours just picking your brain and trying to observe how you talk, what language you use. You know, I try and throw some curveballs in there so to understand what what didn't resonate with you, so that I can go right. I should never use that phrase, mm. right? And so that to me is building a, a really strong avatar of who your customer is and what's going to help them resonate with you. So I I, I can give you another example. So a great friend of mine called Claire is this really loud Scottish woman who I, I absolutely adore, but she uses a lot of slang, a lot of swear words, and she uses a lot of very, you know, um, very meme-like language where the, the, the joke's implied, it's not obvious. 
Yes. Because she's grown up like I have watching a lot of like The Office and those types of kind of humor where it's the, the humor is implied. It's not. It's the awkwardness, right? And so what Claire, why I'm encouraging Claire and what Claire is getting better at and what she's really, really great at. And so we're just tweaking it together is literally just displaying her personality in her marketing. Because I know, you know, once she she gets rid of all her hangouts, all her head trash about, you know, having to market in a certain way, she flies. Because the moment you talk to her and you realize she's a human being, she's really funny, she's really clever, and she uses all this weird terminology that you don't quite understand, um, people get her, right? And the people that don't get her, great. There's more opportunities in the marketplace to go hire somebody else who may be a better fit for them. And so for me, that is what the avatar is. It's trying to find people that, that you can resonate with, but also can resonate with you and how you then can speak to them and how you might not want to speak to them and how the over, the overlap between how you want to speak to and how you don't want to be speak to them versus how they want to be spoken to and how they don't want to be spoken to. And hopefully you get a nice overlap and that's that's where the avatar and your business kind of meets. If that, if that, does that all make sense? It Please does make sense. Yes, it does. Like that, um, that, that is a high-level strategy. That's not. <laughs> I had to chuckle myself, though, and that is here in the States, we thought that the office is a, a U.S. Um, um, product. Convention. And we right. know that, that we stole that from, from Britain and the, the, the British uh, kind of dry wit Yes. Um, is something that us, you know, just us Yanks sometimes don't get it. Um, right. But, you know, you've shared with us how important it is if you are a business owner to really understand the client that you're trying to target. And what mm. you're encouraging us is it's not a superficial understanding. It's no. kind of a deep dive. It's to not only be able yeah. to visualize what that person looks like, but how they act, how they think, the phrasing that they use, what things interest them outside of, is the more complete your understanding is of who is the decision yeah. maker for your product or service, the better you're going to be at targeting yeah. and improving your effectiveness on Absolutely. people finding you yeah. on your website be engaged by that and over time perhaps even be romanced um, by the process. Mm. You mm. know, AJ, we have business owners listening to this. We have business leaders listening to to this. And, you know, we started with SEO. And yes. for those who kind of said, oh, my gosh, I don't want to go there. But we've talked about how fundamentally it is to, to at least understand the concept. AJ, yeah. what do you find that we oftentimes get wrong when it comes to marketing? Sure. So uh, a few things. So I think people misunderstand who they're targeting. And I think that they think, well, you know, they either go super niche, so they go, well, I can help, you know, pregnant mothers with one leg who run yoga facilities, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just to be upset, because you'll hopefully get that, that, that example. That's um, very specific. That is very specific. Um, where, you know, or they go, well, I just help, you know, yoga teachers. And it's like, okay, right, you know, there's multiple different types of yoga. You know, which one do you feel reson the, the most that you can resonate with and you feel, you know, you have the biggest impacts? And so I think, you know, if 
I think if, if we're talking about marketing in general, I think, yeah, I, I think it's how do you define who, who you're targeting is, is super important. Then I think the, the next thing is, and I talk to the clients all the time about this and prospect clients all the time. Yeah, I then say, so what, what is your strategy and what are your KPIs, key performance indicators, right? Mm-hmm. And lots of people go, well, we have a website. Okay. And so for me, I then say, okay, right. So, you know, if if every visitor has a dollar amount that they're willing to spend, that they're going to give you as, a, as, as in revenue, how many do you need to, to reach the expectation of that marketing channel? Mm-hmm. How long are they spending on each site? What is your content strategy? What is your content plan? And how does that actually feed into those other two numbers? Because they're all connected, those three numbers. And so for me, yeah, it's, it's really, really important to, to sit here and to say, you know, get really clear on who you're targeting, get really clear on what KPIs you're measuring and how you're measuring them. And to me, my, the, the, the great thing about KPIs is I just see them as like a health check, right? So every morning we get up and we go, how do we feel? Do I feel good? Do I feel bad? Do I feel, don't want to go to bed, right? <laughs> In some cases. KPIs to me are like that. It, it, it literally is, uh, you know, have, have I hit that, that marker or have I not hit that marker or is, is there room to improve, right? Yes. And so that's how I see KPIs. So KPIs are not going to you know, define your your livelihood, essentially, but they will help you make that qualitative decision of are we on the right track? Because if we're not on the right track, then we can change tactics, or we can, can rejig campaigns. Whereas if our, you know, if our KPIs are moving in the right direction or exceeding them, then we know that our plan and our strategy has worked. And it may be that the answer to the question I'm about to ask is somewhat contained into what you just said. Sure. But AJ, can you reflect on a situation where perhaps either you or a client got stuck? And what did it take to get unstuck? Sure, sure. So with, with, with some of my clients, I, I spend a lot of time when I'm doing, especially when I'm doing coaching with clients. I spend a lot of time doing things like making checklists for them so that they actually have SOPs, standard operating procedures. Um, but I also spend quite a lot of time doing things like just sorting them out mentally. Hmm. So I I recently finished with a client and about three weeks ago, we had a session and I said, okay, you, you, you know, you've gone so far and you now have the knowledge to then build out what you're, what you're trying to do in terms of your web presence. I said, but you're still in a, in a chaotic mess. So one one thing you can do is you can go, well, it, the, the challenge is too great. We're going to go back to bed, right? Yes. I, I, I use some curse language at that point, which I'm going to be using now. But, <laughs> right, so I said, but, you know, that, that could be one strategy, right? And so I I, I, I went through probably four or five different options that we could do. And a lot of that is not trying to encourage them and teach them something new but to encourage them to think outside their own reality at the moment mm-hmm. and to really get them to think, how can I do something that moves me towards the goal and deal with the overwhelm that I'm currently feeling? And so in their case, they came up to me the next week and said, right, we think the best plan for us going forward is to do X and Y. And I went, great. How can I help you implement that better? Right? Yes. And so they, they actually chose two options, right, of, of, of my strategy plan, right? 
And so that's great. And then, so then it becomes the whole hour that I spend getting them unstuck is literally just saying, right, what options do you think you have, right? Here's the options that I think you might have. How does that actually then work out, you know, in reality? Because we can sit here and we can plan until, you know, for, for, for the rest of the month. But unless you have the next action step, you're not going to get anywhere. Uh, I, I, and I, I think of a story that happened this week. So I've got a long-term client and she was saying to me, you know, I just feel overwhelmed at the moment with, with all these things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, right, you know, here are the four things that I suggest that, suggest that you do, right? And so I said, the, the, the first one will upset you. And I said, you know, I'd encourage you to go to just take, take the rest of the week off and, and do nothing, you know? So, so if you have emails to check to, to keep business going and that kind of thing, do that, of course, but just relax because at the moment you're, you're stressed and therefore you're making, you're not making poor decisions, but you're not, you're not making the, the best decisions that you can in, in your circumstances. So I was just like, go, go take a couple of days off. Um, go and work out what you know, a, a client is paying you for the amount of work that you're doing and see if there's a mismatch in that in, in, in that dollar amount. Because obviously if you're spending 20 hours of your life doing something that the client's paying $100 for it, you either need to go back and negotiate and say, well, actually you're getting $400 of value, but I'll charge you $300 for that. Mm-hmm. Or you've got to say, well, actually I've got to decrease what I'm doing for you to fit within your budget, to fit within the time specifications that I have within that dollar amount, right? Yes. And so there are other things obviously that we talked about that you know I'm not gonna go into, but yeah, so but I know by the end of that session, she she looked far happier, far more relieved. And it was literally me just saying, right, these are the options. These are what I think you could, could do. Here's a dozen questions that you can go away and think about. But what what is that first step that you're going to take? And how can I help you take that first step? That was a great example of Thank how you, you helped. Uh, and, and it was timely because it's something that you did somewhat recently yeah you know aj we've covered a lot of a lot of <laughs> topics in, our, in this conversation so as you kind of reflect on our time together what do you want our listeners to have as takeaways sure so think of digital marketing as just another marketing channel think about how you can educate engage and romance your potential clients think about how you can move them closer to taking the action that you want them to do and think about how you can engage them via email on a long-term basis. Excellent. I think that kind of covers what we talked about in, 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 in broad strokes. <laughs> because we've covered things in broad strokes, there may be folks out there who say, you know, I want to learn a little more about what it is that AJ is sharing. What's yeah, the please. best way for our listeners to connect with you? So sure. So you can go to agsdigitalgroup.com and I've got a, a, a regularly updated blog there, which people can go and have, have a look at and go read. You can book a free 50 minute discovery call with me. If you just have a question or a couple of questions that you want answered. So that's cool. You can go and do, you know, book a, what I call a VIP session, which is a two, two hour, $500 session where you literally can ask me whatever you want to do about digital marketing. And I will sit there and I'll be honest. I'll be open and I will answer you. And so if you're a small business that's struggling with digital and you don't have anyone to turn to, those two hours could change your business, change your life. 
And yeah, and all of that details is on the website. You know, you can find out what I'm doing in terms of services, in terms of coaching, in terms of courses that I sell. It's all on the website. I have your website open um, as we're recording. This. Ah, lovely. So let me repeat that. The name of the website is AJS Digital Group. And I've been speaking with A.J. Saunders, S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S. I know that we're connected on LinkedIn um, as well. A.J., thank you for sharing your insights with, with me and our listeners today. Thank you for having me. This has been, been an absolute blast. I had such, such a good time. Seriously, it's been amazing. All right. I'm glad you have, and I trust that the folks who have been listening have learned a, a great deal. Okay. I, I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. We upload the latest episode every Thursday to all the major platforms, including Apple and Spotify. So if you, like me, have enjoyed this episode with AJ, please subscribe. I opened the podcast with a question somewhere along these lines, but are you trying to grow your business and you want to make sure that you've got the right people, process, and planning systems in place so that you can grow smoothly? If yes, Let's talk. You can go to our website, bench-builders.com, or you may find it even easier to remember. Just go type in unstuck.show, and you can schedule a call. We're going to talk about your growth goals, and we'll explore some practical steps that you can take now to make sure that that growth, in fact, happens. So I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you have picked up on some tips from AJ that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.